once again to the Harvest Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fullwood. Today I'm talking with Central New South Wales grower Michael Fitzner about harvest weed seed control and drop trays. Michael, thanks for joining me. Can you first start by telling us a little bit about your farming business? Yeah, so we farm 35 kilometres north of Griffith, uh, New South Wales. Uh, we've got 3,300 hectares dry area farming, all cropping, a yeah, mix of different crops, uh, wheat, barley, canola, lupins, peas, vetch, uh, even a little bit of fallow occasionally. Um, yeah, red sandy loam soils, roughly 400 mils every drain fall. But this year you're um, a little bit underwater, Michael, is that right? Yeah, yeah, no, we've, we've exceeded our annual rainfall, I think, in about March or April. I don't know whether we're up to 500 mils for the year um, on parts of the farm at the moment. Even though it's, yeah, the last two months we've only had probably less than 10 mils a month for June, July. It's, um, I guess, winter months don't, once it's absolutely chock-a-block, it doesn't dry out real, real quick in the winter months. I'm wanting to talk about harvest. It probably seems um, a while away to you yet, given that it's so wet. But I'm wanting to talk about chaff decks. So um, I, I'm assuming chaff decks have been something that have been working for you. Do you want to talk me yep. through um, how you decided to use chaff decks and why you are not using other options? I guess we moved into chaff decks, uh, what would it be, probably six or seven years ago now, as a means of non-chemical weed seed management at harvest. Um, prior to that, we'd done a certain amount of windrow burning, as I think nearly everyone's sort of done. I guess saw the opportunity to, to use half, um, chaff decks because the thing I like about it is it's a, it's a ready-to-go system. When we were chaff burning... Uh, or windrow burning, you know, you, some paddocks you'd set up to dump it and other paddocks you wouldn't. And, you know, occasionally you'd sort of get into a paddock and go, oh, yeah, this patch of ryegrass is probably a bit bad. I probably should have had the windrow burning set up on, but for small patches it sort of makes it hard. You've either got to do the whole paddock or you don't. So, yeah, the thing I liked about the chaff deck was it was a relatively cheap option of transferring the weed seeds onto our tram lines. And we have bare tram lines, the our been controlled traffic now since um, 2008 we started but yeah majority 2009 so yeah our, our tram lines are fairly firm that's a not a not a real good environment for for growing plants in in that environment with chaff and hard tracks so it's been yeah it's been relatively successful in transferring the the weed seeds and not just rye grass quite a quite a few other weed seeds onto the of the tram lines uh, as opposed to like a, um, a mill or a, or a seed distractor or something like that I guess the, um, the cost and the wear and all that sort of stuff I wanted to sort of see how they went for a, a while before we ventured down that that track but yeah certainly the chaff deck it's a very simple system um, so always ready to go system and yeah suits what we do. So do you crop your tram lines? No no I leave them bare so we're on a 12 metre system, it's basically set up with 44 units, but we take out the middle units on the tram, so we start with 42, so they stay stay bare. Mainly, I, th- I think it helps in years like this, wetter years, where it gives at least the tram lines a chance to dry out a little bit rather than being shaded all the time. You could argue that, you know, it probably gives the weeds 
a, a freer rain, not having any competition there. But I'm happy with, with what we're doing. It certainly transfers the weed seeds to the tram lines and you wouldn't get all of them germinate. So, But yeah, it definitely does transfer them. So what do you do with the chaff lines? Do you end up having to burn them or spray them or do they just mulch? and you don't do anything? Yeah, they just, they just mulch. You can't actually burn them. They don't actually burn that well. I did one year I had, had a neighbour help me who had his, had his windrow burning shoot on and I had our chaff tram lines on and, and um, we, yeah, we kind of had to burn his. It wasn't very successful at all. It actually it, it ended up burning the paddock, but it, it didn't actually burn those chaff lines and um, yeah, because the paddock burnt, then those chaff lines actually blew across the paddock. So it was actually pretty unsuccessful trying to combine two methods in in the one paddock but yeah the chaff doesn't actually burn if if you do get a fire across it so um yeah we just leave them as mulch and yeah it aids with dust reduction with spraying as do the hard tram lines so we don't get any dust to out behind the sprayer now you mentioned the mill um do you think you will end up looking at a um, some sort of mechanical uh mill or will you stick with the chaff decks do you think um look i think at the moment i'll i'll stick with the stick with the chaff decks yeah there's there's plenty of twos and fours and whatever for the for the mills and i'm happy for other people to sort of still dabble in that space at this stage uh, and yeah some we may look at down the track but at this stage i'm i'm happy with what the what the chaff decks are doing the other thing that we've done is we've actually set up our boom spray to be able to spray tram line tracks uh with a separate brew to what the boom spray is spraying so that'll enable us to, to actually use different chemistry either pre-emergent or or in crop if we think that those um trim lines are getting a bit thick with with weeds we, we can actually tackle them separately so that means we can actually hit it with a more expensive brew either in crop or a yeah, different set of pre-emergents that actually that actually like stubble so now, if it's okay, I want to move on from the chaff decks and talk about harvest losses and how you manage measuring harvest losses with a chaff deck on the back of your header. Yeah, so we bought the Bushel Plus uh, system, which does actually have a setup where you can have a drop tray that drops directly underneath the, um, the chaff deck. And um, so it basically collects one side or the other side of your chaff deck and then it gives the calculations of your losses in that so it's um it's not a bad system it's, i mean a bit like any anything like that they it's a little it can be a little bit tedious to actually do it but it's um i guess it's worth it just to sort of see or quantify what you're actually putting out the header in different scenarios so you might do it you might do it in in the morning or in the afternoon so you've sort of got a couple options of leeways of settings that you you might be able to tweak for different scenarios or a thick patch or a thin patch type scenario how long have you had a drop tray for oh we only just got it last year so yeah i've only really had one year's experience with it and what were you finding in terms of you know your first measurements and then what did you adjust to try and improve those losses Oh, I guess uh, the main thing we were using it for was in the canola because last year's canola was yielding about three tonne of the hectare. So they yeah, wanted to make sure that we were, we were getting all of it at good prices. So that was 
that was the main reason that we really really wanted it just maximizing our, our returns off that so and i guess uh, in terms of what you can adjust i guess yeah, it's mainly fan speed and i guess to a lesser extent with canola sieve adjustment but mainly just fan speed really did you find speed in your harvester to be important uh yeah i guess to a point like you start running into being a fairly costly exercise if you if you're trying to minimize absolutely everything so yeah, get your losses down to nothing you're, you're probably traveling at zero kilometers an hour so i guess there's a, a trade-off with speed obviously yeah, you can you can overdo it going too fast and spit it out the back but yeah conversely if you're going too slow to try and capture everything well your harvest costs are going to be astronomical as well so it's I guess a little bit of a trade-off, which you know the the app's not going to tell you. You're going to have to sort of you know look at other calculations to assess that as well. It hasn't been tricky having a chaff deck and the drop trays. Not at all, no. no it probably makes it easier. Okay. To some degree, because you you're actually you can capture everything that's coming out of it essentially, um, and one side or the other. So yeah, you can see if you perhaps got more losses on one side of the machine compared to the other side of the machine, which indicates probably more a rotor uh, adjustment than than sieve and fan adjustment. How's the season looking on the east coast, Michael? It's a pretty mixed bag of um, how the season's going. Um, you know, west of us in the you know, more marginal areas, they're going to have a cracker of a year. East of us, yeah, pretty much from. I guess hard lesson right up to nearly the Queensland border. It's it's um, been too wet for a fair few people, and you know, around West Wyalong especially, there's probably patches there that yes, you know, still been trying to get crop in, but really it's just been too wet. So yeah, I'd say the amount of crop on the east coast is going to be way down just for the fact that the acres planted aren't going to be there, and yeah, what's established has suffered from being waterlogged. So. Um, last time we chatted, you were coming off the back of the worst drought I think you've ever experienced. So, um, you know, you've done a complete 180. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, in, in, I never thought I'd say that wet years are, are bad, but you know, they can be too wet <laughs> in a nutshell. But on the up, upside, we're going to have plenty of moisture for next year. And more than likely, it's very rare for, I mean, this probably the third year where we've had a good season in a row. So to have a Nearly a record wet year followed by another wet year doesn't really happen, but to sort of have three good years followed by another good year is going to be pretty rare. So I'm tipping it's going to be a dry one next year. So if that's the case, uh, we'll have a bit of subsoil moisture, which will be good. Thanks for joining me today, Michael, and all the best for the remainder of the season. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Michael Fitzner and his farming operations, specifically his controlled traffic journey, I'd recommend looking up an article that appeared in the May 2019 edition of Ground Cover, and that will give you a lot more information on Michael and his son Drew and their farming strategies. Thanks for joining me today on your Harvest Loss podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Primary Sales and is for information purposes only. Visit Primary Sales online at primarysales.com.au.